Spirits of the night, great feline spirit, come to us now. Let us know that you are there. Welcome to an Animal Planet presentation of Scream 101 Podcast. I'm Brennan Klein. And I'm Shannon Chalakian. And no, we did not get a sponsor. I lied to you. But we're talking about an Animal Planet film that Shannon chose, god damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very, it's a very important film, Brennan. It's very important. Yeah, the film that we're discussing today, Ghost Cat from 2004, Canadian TV movie starring Ellen Page is one of the integral movies in that went into creating this podcast because Shannon was like, we need a podcast so we can talk about this movie. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I guess let's, I guess we're doing this. And uh, 22 episodes later, here we are. Yeah. So Ghost Cat, I uh, found out about it because one, my love of Ellen Page. And second, because uh, I was on Tumblr, the, the blog source, and someone was like, look at these two movies. They're so different, but they're the same movie. And it was Ghost Cat and um, Mrs. Ashborough's Cat. And they had no, different... No, it was actually um, The Cat That Came Back. There's oh, three okay. titles. Right. There's there's three. Um, but the like the posters for the two different movies were very, very different. One looked like a horror movie. Yeah, like really bleak too. Like the It's, it's the version that we watched, Ghost right. Cat. It's got this gray background and a dead tree behind her in this spooky barn. Yeah, exactly. And like the cat's face and her face and they're equal like the same size and uh-huh. and ellen page has this like look of distress um and then it had a poster for the cat that came back which is like like a made for tv movie holding a cat golden sunlight birds are chirping yeah plump apples are ripe on the branches yeah and i was like okay we got to talk about this yeah it's the same movie just repackaged in an entirely opposite way because it kind of slash kind of doesn't fit both genres and so nobody knew how to sell it Yes, which we will talk about, but to take a little bit of a detour, we totally didn't do our 10-word review, so let's start with that. We didn't. Brennan, just, this is a very important movie, so we obviously had to just so. kind of get, get, get their engines oiled a little bit before we talk about it. Oh, yes. Their they're, uh, tractor's running. Yeah. All right. Brennan, what are your 10-word reviews? All right. In the heart of the sea, not to be a Moby Dick, but this kind of blows. Huh. Uh, the Peanuts movie. I forgot movies could be cute, well-animated, family fun, and Escape from New York. Like all good macho films, action with traces of homoeroticism. Perfect. All I look for in a film. Basically. Uh, my ten review is for CBGB. I didn't know CBGB stands for Country Bluegrass Blues. And that's my entire review because there was nothing else about that movie that was interesting. Well, this is a very informative documentary. It taught you what it stands for. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, and now we will read you the plot. A spectral feline causes mischief after a man and his teenage daughter move into an old house. That's it. Oh. <laughs> we're, because, all, we're off to a great start. Well, because of the way that it was packaged, they had they had to like exactly toe the line between spooky and not, and mm-hmm. they ended up not actually describing the film in any capacity. That's right. And it came out in 2004, but it wasn't released on DVD until 2009. Yes, because it was a TV film. Right, a TV film. And... In 2007, Ellen Page, you know, had her magnum opus, 
Juno. Juno. And uh, here we are. Welcome to this podcast. I hope you're still listening at this point because of Ghost Cat. Oh, man. Okay. Well. In our discussion, we will have spoilers. In our discussion, we'll have spoilers. We rate uh, on a one to five Likert scale. Uh, scariness on screams, campiness on perms, gore on severed limbs, and quality on unlucky stars. So let's just get right down to it. Scariness, Brennan, how scary was this cat? Um, I'm rating this film one out of five, whatever, screams, meows, howls. There's actually, I was really relieved when the movie w- actually tried to be scary during a couple scenes because mm-hmm. for the most part it's like a lifetime gotta save the animal shelter from the bad realtor type thing right so there were actually a couple scenes of like actual sort of haunting it was like oh a picture frame fell off the shelf and she's looking at something scary and a hand grabs her shoulder and she's like ah yeah and it's not scary at all or well directed or anything but at least it tried so i'm giving it a one that's so nice of you I'm giving it a zero. It definitely was not scary. Um, the Goonies is scarier. And well, the Goonies is intense. Yeah, that's true. The Goonies is great. Anyway, I was telling Brennan when we were watching it, I was like, if I watched this as a kid, like having never seen a scary movie, I would have been like, this is so crazy. <laughs> like, this is so intense. But it's it, genre uh, bending. Yeah, it honestly was like the cutest film with a cat who is protecting a family as a ghost. Yeah, like the cat belonged to this old lady who's in this in the town of Ringwood, which sounds like something you get and not somewhere you live. But the old lady dies and the cat dies, but the cat's like finishing off her unfinished business of giving money to this animal shelter because it's a lifetime movie. All right, what's your campiness score? Uh, campiness, I'm going to rate it a three only because of her hairstyles. Oh, man. It was so horrible because, first of all, Ellen Page has a very prominent forehead, um, which most times she'll have like bangs or like at least like curl her hair. Her so like hair. you can't tell, but it was like emphasized in this film because apparently in Canada, that's like a mating call, those foreheads. Yeah. Like, and uh, it was either pulled back all the way or parted like right the hell down the middle. Yeah. And yeah. My favorite hairstyle of hers was the one where it was like really severely pulled back. Right. In something. And there were these two like dental floss strands right over her eyes. Yeah, exactly. And it looked like she was a Sailor Moon character. Like that was like the hairstyle. And And it was really funny when the guy, you know, there's this budding romance between her and the guy across the street who was an arson. Arsonist? Arsonist. Who has... He, yeah, he lit a dump on fire, apparently. Or something. Yeah, he did something. I don't know. Whatever. But it's okay, because his mom died. Yeah, that's a... Uh, you know, he did some crazy things when his mom died. Okay, look. He's an arsonist. He has a lantern jaw. He's clearly not in 11th grade, because he's, like, 22, and Ellen Page is 16, and it's kind of gross, and that's why they don't actually, like, make out, and they're just like... Well, that, and she's not into guys. <gasps> Secrets. Yeah. But she wasn't gay yet. We don't know that. Well, anyway. No, I'm kidding. I know. Um, but, but there's like this moment where he like brushes one of those strands behind her ear and it's supposed to be like this very like cute moment, you know, and Ellen Page is a good actress and she does a good job, but it also like the movie can't be taken seriously because the entire time you could totally tell what's going to happen next. Oh yeah. Like the entire movie. There wasn't one moment where it's like, what's going to happen? What, what's going to happen next? You're, it's like played out. But, I mean, it was fun. You could cheer on Ghost Cat whenever it appears randomly just yeah. to watch people do some stuff and, like, smack people around. Yeah. But, oh, that before we leave that hair scene, because he's about to kiss her and she's got those two, like, 
just jungle vines over her face. Right. And he moves one out of the way and puts it behind your ear because that's the classic romance signal for whatever the hell reason. Right. Like, don't touch my hair. I spent so much time on it. <laughs> but instead of a romantic feeling inspired inside of me, I was, it was kind of triumphant because I was like, thank God we're getting rid of this hair. <laughs> it is a mess. Yes. And for the record, my campiness score is two out of five just because it was kind of low key. It yeah. was doing its thing. I loved her red leather jacket. Yeah. Um, there was a really weird dream where the cat and was like superimposed on some fire and her dead mom. And so that was something. Yeah, that was great. But other than that, meh. Moving on. Yeah. Gore. Gore. What's your gore rating, Shannon? My gore rating is zero. Brennan and I were kind of talking about like how we would make this film an actual scary horror movie. And we thought it would be, it would be pretty cool if you couldn't see the cat, but all of a sudden like people were getting cut up, like they were getting scratches across uh, their faces, etc. And that did kind of happen. It did. It, it did yeah, happen. It did happen. Um, and then the guy's wounds switched places across of his, across yeah, his forehead. Yeah, that was a shame. So that did happen. So like, yay for that. But also it was barely anything so uh-huh. it's still a zero i actually rated it a two out of five really for that one scene just because i was so pleased that oh, it okay good even went there at all because it's not a horror film. yeah yeah it, it, it is a pity two out of five let me tell you that but i was very pleased with that and it actually reminds me i'll tell this story really fast okay but i've been binge watching holliston which is this kind of crummy horror sitcom that i love right and there's this commercial that's been playing on Hulu every single episode about this pill that's supposed to treat binge eating disorder, but all the all the side effects are really awful, including sudden death and like heart attack and stroke are listed separately than sudden death. So it's just like you're dead. That, yeah. That's what the pill will do. It'll just straight up kill you for no reason. But one of the other side effects was unexplained wounds. And I was like, <laughs> that's not a side effect of a pill. That's a side effect of a haunting. And this kind of proved my point. So yes, indeed. Indeed. Anyway, what was your quality rating? My quality rating was a one because it was it wasn't as bad as it should have been. Like it That's definitely true. could have been worse. And I think we, we maybe we ha- might have enjoyed it more if it was worse. That's very true. Like it was over the top bad. Yeah, if it was over the top bad, it would be great. But it was just like okay, you know, and and uh, it was together. There wasn't any like huge gaping holes in the plot which was nice but at the same time it was just uh, meh yeah it yeah. was it was vaguely competent yes um it was like an adequate tv movie there's no real arc in any of the characters it was just kind of like a plot and then it's over yeah and all right like i, I gave it a two out of five on lucky stars just because i did not i was not bored during any point of it yeah which is a big thing for me mm-hmm. um like i found it engaging and kind of like goofy it was like uh, Home Alone meets Paranormal Activity meets Ghost Cat. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely could have been more intense, but it it was good. And I, I liked... Um, it was good. One out of five. Yeah. It was good. One out of five. Uh, but some of, some of the parts that I did like, though, was that there was this guy, Boyd. He's... Oh, oh you mean Canadian Greg Kinnear? Right. Canadian Greg Kinnear. Um, and he, like, it is implied... That he has embezzled money from his firm and then invested it in a company that tanked immediately. Oh, yeah. And then um, someone at his work, exposition co-worker. Uh-huh. Who always comes in and he's like, this is what's going on at the office. See you later. I have weird blonde hair. Yeah, exactly. Exposition co-worker is like, there's auditors coming. And so automatically, if you're even paying attention, you can understand what's going on, which is so much nicer than having someone say like, 
oh no, I gotta get this money or I'm gonna get, you know, caught by the auditors. Yeah. Like, you know, so there was there was some like engaging sort of like. Yeah, you're right. You know? There was some subtlety in the screenwriting. That was That's good. weird. I know. It was good. I liked it. And the kids will have no idea what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't know what embezzling or auditing. investing or auditing. They're like, all right, uh, there's a ghost cat. It's yeah. doing stuff. It's like, this guy's crazy. He wants money. Okay. Okay, so Canadian Greg Kinnear is trying to work with his realtor guy who wants to raise the animal shelter so he can build cookie cutter houses because this is a TV movie and the animals are in peril and whatever. But he has to, like, kick the lady out of the animal shelter in order to get money from the realtor guy and all this stuff. But end all, end all, like, he ends up turning on the tractor and trying to asphyxiate all the animals. And that was the one actually intense scene. I was like, he's going to murder all these cute little lambs and puppies. Oh, yeah. He is d- the devil. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, has Greg Kinnear ever played the devil? He should. Anyway, um, let's move on to one of our favorite segments, Champion Dialogue. Um, I think I'm going to start because you actually kind of laid the groundwork for me. Okay. Um, mine has to do exactly with um, that guy having his investment lost and exposition coworker comes in. He's like, the auditors are coming. And so they have this conversation about how someone hasn't been embezzling. And then the coworker looks at his computer and sees the chart with all the stock and he's totally oblivious like he's telling all these secrets to the to the embezzler and he has no idea right and so this is that dialogue weird stuff going on with some of the accounts looks like someone has light fingers inside job great industries you didn't get caught in that fiasco did you she's what a mess and I just find it so amusing that he cannot put the pieces together. Like, he continuously fails to put the pieces together for the entire movie. Right? Absolutely. I I love that he's just like, oh, like, someone's stealing money. Oh, did you invest some money in this failed company? Huh. Like, nothing. Why are you sweating? Right? (laughs) Like, why do you look (laughs) like a... why are you crying? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that was great. That was great. I love Exposition Coworker. Yeah, he was nice. He's great. He's my second favorite character. My champion dialogue has to do with Kurt, who is like the strangest character because he mm. like is he's like at first he's like very angry and then he's just kind of like very quiet and he works at an animal shelter. But then like he might be required to work at this animal shelter because he's an arsonist. I don't know. He's all over the place. But there is just this one line, which is probably the funniest line in the entire movie. Um, which really goes to show how funny the movie was where uh, Brenda, who owns the animal shelter, uh, has is like hitting on. Ellen Page's dad. Who was played by Michael Ontkeen, the sheriff from Twin Peaks. Yeah. He looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and anyway, so Kurt says this. I've never seen Brenda in clean jeans before. She's dressed to impress. They're so cute at that age. That was going to be my champion dialogue, but yeah. you took it and you earned it because that's the best. It was the best one. Yeah, he was so cute at that age. Yeah, yeah, it was literally the only trace of humor in the entire film. In the entire film. I mean, other than, like, Ellen Page's get-up, but, you know. That was unintentional, though. <laughs> Everyone was wearing bell-bottom jeans. Like, you make it seem like it's, like, the 70s, not not the early uh, 2000s. Canada didn't get the millennium until a couple decades later. That's true. I love how the part of the movie is like, oh, this big, like, New York City girl. Like, hey, you'd be able to move from Manhattan to this small town? And it's like, no. She's not from New York. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's one scene in Manhattan, and it's clearly like just some alley in Vancouver or yeah. whatever, or yeah. just a matte painting. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Anyway, uh, let's go on to our favorite characters. What was uh, your favorite character? Uh, this was kind of hard to choose because I don't feel like any character really stood out. But I picked Kurt, like the the sexy the sexy barn friend. Yay! Um, 
Just because their relationship makes no sense, and he's way too old for her. But I, I love his lantern jaw. And he played Rogue's boyfriend in, like, the first scene of X-Men, so that's something. Yeah. He has a career. Yeah, and he, he gets uh, he gets killed by, well, yeah, gets killed by Rogue, or goes into a coma by Rogue, so yeah. he gets his, his comeuppance, I guess. He, he He's taking a little cat nap, if you will. <laughs> yeah, everything leads back to X-Men. Ghost Cat turns into Shadow Cat. It's uh, true. So my favorite character is Margaret, who is Ghost Cat. She's herself. Ghost Cat. Oh, oh, you're right. Sorry. Margaret is Ghost Cat. No, not Mrs. Ashborough. I don't know why. I was like, Mrs. Ashborough. That's Ghost Cat's mom. You're wrong. I was like, no. Ghost Cat has a name. Yeah. Margaret. Yeah. Which it's a, it's a, that's a people name, Mrs. Ashborough. <laughs> yeah. You got to name her something like strange in order to be Tinky a cat winky. name. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Margaret is played by this like, you can tell that this cat is like on the brink of death. In the film, because the cat is literally very old, and like um, you can kind of see the bones and like deep set eyes, oh. and but Ellen Page automatically is like, "What a beautiful creature!" and like, "Yeah, it's the like, most beautiful cat." And I was like, "This cat is ugly; it's going to die." Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're so pragmatic. You're like, you shouldn't be friends with it; it's dead. Um, but no, literally the opening, like any time the cat's around, Ellen Page is immediately drawn to it like a magnet because it's in the title and she's like... Yeah, they're like connected. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, like almost prior to... Oh yeah, she's in she's in Manhattan and she gets like a like a um, t- telepathic message from Ghost Cat and she wakes yeah. up and like Ghost sees her dad like in the other room. Also, she's telling her dad, I had a dream about Margaret the cat. Also, my dead mom was there. Yeah, like, exactly. Margaret takes priority immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and and they always toast to to Ghost Cat. Like, okay, so <laughs> Mrs. Ashborough and Ghost Cat die the same week. All right, mm-hmm. but and yes, they talk about Mrs. Ashborough dying. And they're sad about it, and Mrs. Ashborough like is a good character, etc. But they keep coming back to Ghost Cat and like how sad they are that Ghost Cat died. <laughs> and I'm like, a yeah, person and, died. Yeah, and. They're actually, like, they're kind of cheerful about Mrs. Ashborough being dead. Not like they want her to be dead, but they're like, oh, uh, you live in Mrs. Ashborough's old house? You'll love it there. Yeah. Someone died in it. I'm like, what? <laughs> there, uh, it's Maybe it's just the Canadian politeness where it's like, I love them, so I'll love you. Like, their spirit lives on. And that it was weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of Canadian politeness, my favorite, one of my favorite parts is... Uh, <laughs> Is the when fire? yeah the fire so this fire happens which is like you you know it's gonna happen from like the very beginning because that's like it's like um foreshadowed foreshadowed yeah it's foreshadowed in, in that the there's gonna be dream. yeah in the telepathic dream there's gonna be a fire um but Ellen Page is carrying a puppy and gets stuck on a floorboard and <laughs> Kurt like comes in to save her and she's like get me out please and I was like. Oh my gosh, Canadian politeness. You know, like if <laughs> I was stuck in that situation, I would have just been like, get me out of here. No. <laughs> you know, not like, please. That is a good point. You know, what is he going to do? Like, you didn't say please. Like, I'm going <laughs> to leave you there. <laughs> you never know. That's true. That's like, true. It better safe than sorry. Yeah. Anyway, oh, uh, what's your favorite scene? My favorite scene is just abruptly because i mean we've talked about kurt being an arsonist before right but that plot point is not brought up until a really abrupt moment in the third act yes where um the like the kurt is getting blamed for the tractor trying to kill all the animals for some reason like why would he want to kill the animals doesn't make any sense but he was there at a weird time like wrong time wrong place whatever but his little brother's like they're gonna send you to jail first the fire and now this. And I was like, what fire are we talking about? 
I was nope. really worried. Sorry. Uh, um, it was talked about how Margaret saved Mrs. Ashborough from a fire, like earlier. Yeah, I was, I was really worried that. that I was worried that Kurt had started that fire, and I was like, he was gonna kill Mrs. Ashborough. Like, what is going on now? Yeah, that's what I was worried. But then, it, then she was like, tell me about this fire. Like ten minutes later, because there wasn't a lot of time in the movie left. Right. And he was like, I set a dump on fire because I was sad about my mom's death. And she was like, okay, want to make out? Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't know. They're just like finding solace in each other because both their parents are dead and like yeah i don't yeah i just i liked that scene because it made no sense at all it just came out of nowhere and then was immediately resolved yeah it was great my favorite scene um is actually like one of the only scenes that could have been scary you know if they if it had been done like more dramatically or well or well which is where the ghost cat attacks boyd so boyd is the crazy embezzler uh-huh. who like, the way that we're introduced to his character is he's trying to sell his aunt's house without her knowing. Yeah, without her permission. Yeah. Her- like, she comes home from, like, the library. Or, no, she comes home from Brenda's, the animal shelter. And she, like, sees this sign on her front porch. And she, like, picks it up and throws it away. And then is like, what are you doing? Like, you're not going to sell this. And we find out that he was going to put her in a home, which is completely dumb because she's completely self-sufficient. Like, there's no even concern, um, even though she does die the next week. Yeah. Anyway. Well, also... This movie seemed to be in a time warp because yeah. she did not look... She looked super young. Yeah. I mean, relatively. She yeah. did not look ready to die. She was not exactly. on death's door like the cat was. Exactly. And then, like, Kurt is way too old for his 16-year-old character and everything's messed up. Yeah, that's true. And his little brother is way too young for his freshman in high school character. He looked like he was 12. That's true. That's true. Um. Anyway, so Ghost Cat ends up attacking Boyd when um Boyd is... Boyd is, like, he lets himself into the house after the house has been sold. And is like searching around for this money that he thinks that his aunt has hidden away, which is true. But he, she hid it away in like a cabinet. And so when he gets close to that cabinet, all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, you just hear like a cat screeching. And then he just gets a slash across his face, which is really cool. But it was like really tiny and not well done enough to be like. Two out of five. Yeah, exactly. Um, So that was my favorite. Being a cat burglar. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So now on to okay. a very important segment. We're introducing a new segment, which I don't know if we'll ever bring back, but this is a conversation that I had with Shannon in the grocery store, of all places, yeah. that I've kind of like honed down to actually talk about on the podcast. Because this is, again, like a conversation that began this show. This was months ago. Yeah. Um, this segment I'm calling Hannibal Lecture. Which like, I love. Thank you. And I'm just going to talk about false advertising in the promotion of horror films. Because, like we mentioned earlier, there was that whole debacle with the cat that came back and Ghost Cat. Like, one of those posters is a lie. Hello? Ghost Cat? Ghost Cat just opened our door. We're experiencing a paranormal (laughs) event. Come back from the other world. Hello from the other side. Meow. Okay. It was just the wind, Shannon um well i was just gonna talk about um i was i was looking over my data and i was thinking there are pretty much three basic levels that horror film promoters will lie to you so i'm just gonna kind of run through them really fast okay uh number one is they'll either try to avoid the like the term horror they don't want to be selling a horror film Mm -hmm. so or, or they'll like push the stars either when they're in it for like five minutes or they weren't actually famous to begin with I uh-huh. mean, when they were making the film. So, like, um, 
when Scream was being promoted, it's like an exciting new thriller. It's like, no, it's a slasher movie. They just didn't want to say that, so they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. And then there's things where it's like, Jamie Kennedy's in the sand. And it's like, he's in it for five minutes, and it sucks. And then, like, um, George Clooney wasn't famous when Return to Horror High was being made. So when it's being re-released, guess whose name is all over the cover because he's George Clooney now. Right, and Scream on the poster, um, uh, Drew Barrymore is, like, prominent. Well, that was on purpose because they were trying to convince people she was the lead. Right, but which that, is a lie. Okay, that, that wasn't a... Okay, it, it was... That's different than this discussion because that was a misdirection to okay. freak people out. Okay, my bad. Keep going. Anyway, um, but like on on the original poster for Leprechaun, it's like a big poster of the Leprechaun. But on the new one, it's just green Jennifer Aniston. Right. <laughs> and like like this, um, they no one cared about Ghost Cat until Ellen Page made Juno and Inception. And they're like, we can put this out. No one needs to know. They're like, yeah, we're going to notice she's younger because her forehead looks insane. Right. She hasn't grown into her face yet. I mean, it worked because we watched it. So. Well, we're insane. So. Yeah, that too. And then my number two level of lying about your movie is the unrelated sequel, where usually it's they make a movie and then decide that it's a sequel later, like Troll 2. That's a movie about freaking goblins, and they're like, it's a sequel to Troll. Three people watch Troll, maybe two people will watch Troll 2. Right. Um, and then like a whole bunch of the Hellraiser sequels are totally unrelated paranormal scripts that they just kind of retrofitted to put Pinhead in during one scene. Mm-hmm. And there's like Sorority House Massacre 2, which was made as something totally different like i mean it was in a house and they like added one line about a sorority and otherwise it was like lingerie slumber party and there's actually a flashback in sorority house massacre 2 that's supposed to explain what happened in the sorority house but it's actually footage from slumber party massacre oh boy so it's all just a big lie and then my favorite the one that we've talked about a lot is there's a movie called Twitch of the Death Nerve. It's a Mario Bava giallo Italian slasher film. Um, and it was made in the early 70s. And all Italian films got retitled and repackaged in America several times just to like keep on selling it and travel it around. Right. This one has so many titles. It's called Chain Reaction. It's called like Ecology of a Crime. It's most commonly known as Bay of Blood. But one title that was used in selling the film was Last House on the Left Part 2. Which is hilarious because it came out a full year before Last House on the Left. So these people, they're lying to you. And my number third tier is just the straight up lies. Um, There's a director who you may or may not be aware of depending on your level of horror fandom. His name is Jim Wynorski. And he directed Chopping Mall, which is a great film. Yeah. That is his magnum opus. And the rest of his stuff is like Sorority House Massacre 2. He did that one. And just a whole bunch of crap. With the uh, scantily clad women. Yes. He actually redid Sorority House Massacre 2, just slightly more hardcore, and called it Hard to Kill, and it was the same actors in the same plot. Oh, boy. Um, But anyway, he was the promotional man, like, guy in charge of trailers at Roger Corman's company, and they were making a... F- or there was a film he had to promote that I don't think he'd even seen it, but in the trailer, he just said, like, we turn a man inside out in this movie, and he filmed, like, one scene to of a guy being inside out and he used it for the trailer and then roger corman was like that scene's not in the movie put it in so in the middle of that movie there's a part where the character like opens a door and looks inside and sees the inside out man and then they close the door again and then that's the movie (laughs) um 
so that's a that's one of the straight up lies. And then there's one we learned about from Andrew on our Nightbreed episode, where Nightbreed was sold as a slasher movie, which mm-hmm. it's clearly not. And then one of the more famous ones, Jason takes Manhattan. Um, all the trailers were like, "We're in Manhattan. He's standing here in Manhattan." And never mind that the Manhattan scenes were filmed in Vancouver. Right. But the basically the entire movie takes place on a boat on its way to Manhattan, and a lot of people felt gypped by that. Um, one that I actually saw recently where it's not so much a lie as like obfuscating the truth. It's for a movie called the witch that I believe is Austrian, mm-hmm. but the trailer, um, all the lines are in English, but none of the footage actually shows people speaking. Okay. It's all footage of people like staring off into the distance or like the backs of their heads or just like with like a voiceover. Yeah. No, it's, okay. it's moody shots of the movie because the movie doesn't seem like it has a lot of dialogue to begin with Mm -hmm. but all the dialogue that's being spoken is being spoken over a different thing like it's a shot of the forest and someone's like no one goes out there or it's like stuff like that where you wouldn't necessarily notice right but all the lines are just the english dub and they cut out any part of the trailer that shows people speaking because it's it would be obvious that it's a foreign language film and no one would want to go see it oh huh yeah it tripped me out it was interesting um, anyway, moving on. Why don't we play some games after that mildly intellectual? Oh, you have a question? Yay! No, oh, no, I was just saying, oh. yay, Hannibal Lecture. That was really good, actually. And cool. yeah, it was it was similar to exactly what you had told me months ago when we were when I was buying um, Rice Krispies and uh, we were in because I was telling you about Ghost Cat. This was before the podcast was even started, mm-hmm. and you you just he just got so tiffy. He was like, ugh, horror movies do this, and then Hannibal Lecture happened. Here's so I'm, the story. I'm glad that we are here. This is my life, everyone. All right. Hit me with your best shot. Let's do games. Okay. Um, well, this game, it's called Nine Lives, and it's not the best game, so I apologize. That's okay. Let's but do it. But I just think we should imagine that there were a whole bunch of sequels to Ghost Cat, okay. and we should make up the story to Ghost Cat Part 9. Okay. I'm going to lend this nugget first. It should be called Ghost Cat 9, Cat O' Nine Tales. Okay. <laughs> And Ellen Page is like, she comes back for the first time because all the other sequels didn't have her. Okay. So she's like, what, 45 or something at this point. All right. Oh, she could be the new Mrs. Ashborough. Ooh. And she married Kurt, but he died in a fire. And so she's all alone in Canada. Okay. With um, this cat. With the ghost cat. The ghost cat. And then what happens? So she like convinced the ghost cat to be sentient. No, that's wrong. The ghost she, cat can talk. She no. She convinces the ghost cat to like stop going off and being ghosts, like being a real cat. I guess you know. Okay. So like, so like people can see it, and they just are convinced that like, oh, it's a cat, like whatever. Or they just can't touch it. Yeah, exactly. Um, she's like, oh, it doesn't like being touched, or like has a disease or something. Like, don't touch it. Um, okay. And then so there, there's a little girl. Who has cancer. Okay. And she shows up and she's like, I just need a cat to play with. And she's like, You can look at you can look at this one. And the girl's like, But I will be cured if I touch a cat. So Ellen Page has to turn into a cat <laughs> to help help this little girl. Uh and then she dies. And then she's a ghost and she protects the girl from the arsonists. Okay, I propose that instead of that, um, there is a young boy, because that happens in sequels, they, they gender swap. So okay. instead of like there being a young girl who's, who needs help, there's a young boy who needs help. 
and the boy shows up and is like forced to do community service and Ellen mm. Page knowing that her late husband like was forced to do community service and it helped him etc uh, offers to like take him in and have him do com- community service and then um, all of a sudden Ellen Page gets kidnapped catnapped <laughs> it's catnapped and then ghost cat it helps the boy save and rescue her okay that's good and she's tied up at the dump yes that's on, on fire, fire. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh and anyway so so he rescues her and when he rescues her it's revealed that like Ellen Page staged the entire thing so that um, like the police officers can see that he's actually a good person. Oh, you know. Oh, that's great, and that's so lifetime. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh man, I gotta say, one of the my favorite moments ever just happened um, when we were watching the films. We were watching, and finals just ended. I survived. Um, my other two roommates survived. Um, Brennan is old and out of school, so uh-huh, he suckers. just laughs at us. But Brennan and I are watching Ghost Cat, and my roommate, our roommate Henry, walks out, and his first, the well, words out of his mouth. he'd been asleep He'd been so asleep, long. yeah, he'd been asleep for so long, and he just says, what year is it? And Brennan and I both are still watching the, the film, and we say, 2004, like at the same time, and then we high five, because... Dad jokes rule this apartment. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, great game. That Thanks. was fun. I, uh, I'm going to follow it up with a better game okay. with also a great title. This one is called Copycats. Yay. Um, it's alternate titles for famous horror films. Oh, okay. So these are titles that are either titles that they were known as in different countries or like original working titles or just other alternate titles that were used like during the release. Oh, and I have to guess what actual movie it is yeah i'm okay. gonna give you the fake title i mean Great. the alternate title it, they're all real alternate titles and right. you have to give me the movie okay and you are aware of all of these movies great okay you ready yes number one seven sisters oh uh this is the uh, house on sorority row yes yes all right number two one thousand cries has the night thousand cries has the night this one's kind of tough, so I don't blame you. I was going to say, is it one of the nightmares? No. It's, okay. uh, do you want me to tell you? No, wait. I want to I guess again. Okay. okay. One Thousand Cries Has the Night. And I'm aware of it. Thousand Cries Has the Night. It is translated from Mil Gritos Tiene la Noche, which is Spanish. Hmm. Spanish. Uh, I don't know. It's pieces. Oh, okay. Okay. Spanish. That Okay, that should have helped me. That well, I tried. Yeah. All right. Uh, number three, the babysitter murders. The babysitter murders. As in multiple. As in. So many camp counselor films are in my my head right now. Um, babysitter murders. I don't know. My brain's fried. What is it? It's Halloween. Oh. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that was the original title. Oh, really? Uh huh. Oh, I'm glad that they picked Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Babysitter Murders 2, Babysitter Murders 4, The Return of Michael Myers. It doesn't work. Right? The Babysitter Murder Babysitter's Club. Oh, God. That would be a good uh, crossover, though. Yeah. Uh, Number four is Head Cheese. Oh, God. That's gross. Um, Head head Cheese. This game is hard, Brennan. I'm sorry. It's okay. I like it. Okay. 
Um, in all fairness, Babysitter Murders was a gimme. So it's true. I'm sorry. I just finals. couldn't think of anything. Brain. Yeah, I have finals. Finals head cheese. Oh god. Uh, head. Give me a clue. Um, the head cheese is a particularly gross meat product that's kind of just violent. I don't know. That was a bad. Is it like saw? No. It's just eating gross meat that normal people wouldn't eat. Mm-mm. Okay, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bad clue, so whatever. Um, number five is Scary Movie. Scream? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. That was the original working title, and then Scary Movie got made and was terrible. Um, number six, Flight 180. Oh, um, uh, Flight 180. Is it like Final Destination? Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Woo! So you got three out of six so far. That's a good 50%. Um, these are actually, these actually get harder though, so I'm good. sorry. Good, it's fine. Let's do it. Um, because it got into the really weird foreign ones. Great. Um, number seven is Captain Supermarket. <laughs> Captain Supermarket. Yes. Um. Um, it's not like one of those like super duper classic films mm-hmm. that like everyone would know about, mm-hmm. but it's one that we saw in a class. Oh. Okay. Uh. Okay. So. Uh, Evil Dead. Um, you watched it in a cl- in a class. I don't know. What is it? It's Army of Darkness. Which oh, is okay. Evil Dead Three. Okay. Because he works at S Mart. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. See, I I can I can't even like remember. That's Army okay. Of Darkness. That that one. If you'd seen it more times, I would have. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, number eight. The eighth passenger is death. Okay, so there's seven passengers. Is it like terror train? No. Okay, so it's not a train. Trains, planes, and automobiles. Um, eight. Eight is a very odd number. Hmm. No idea. What is it? Um, it's Alien. Oh, okay. And that was a Hungarian title. And Captain Supermarket was a Japanese title. Oh, cool. And uh, okay, and the next one, I'm just gonna. Don't worry about this one too much. I just wanted to share it with you. Oh, still, world. yeah. Go ahead. It's a so you're a lawyer. So you're a lawyer. Um. Hmm. I don't know. What is it? That's the Hong Kong title for Interview with a Vampire. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It was just strange. That's that's really weird. Um, this one, I'm not gonna say is a gimme, but it'll be easier. Okay. Um, the teeth from the sea. Jaws. Yeah, it's Jaws. Yay! That was the French title for Jaws. Okay, good. So you got four out of ten. That Yay. was a. Uh, I fail. Some some of them were difficult. That's some okay. of them were easy. Yeah. So but I still didn't get. So there is the balance. You got four though. So good job. Yay. Congratulations. Let's move on. Uh, what do you recommend for people who agreed with you about Ghost Cat or just? Something similar Something but better than Ghost Similar Cat. better. Uh, so I'm recommending Hard Candy, which prior very to... Very similar to Ghost Cat. Very similar, yeah. Prior to Juno, this is pretty much the only other movie that she was known for. Uh, I was, uh, I'm was. i going to say, because I've seen the majority of her stuff. Um, but anyway, Hard Candy is a real horror film. And it is terrifying. And I watched it on a plane for the first time. What? I did. 
Was that the in-flight entertainment for everyone, or was it like oh, one no, of no, those no, choose-your-own-movie no. things? No, yeah, I, I had, I had like brought the disc with me. Oh, okay, that makes but, more sense. But when I watched it, I was on a plane, and I was like, "This is, this is not where I should be watching this right now." Ugh. Um, but it's, it's great, and she does a great job, and she plays this thirteen-year-old who, um, meets up with this older man online, and havoc ensues, and it is very scary. Great. So it's what Ghost Cat should have been. <laughs> Yeah. My recommendation is also a Canadian TV movie. Um, it's from 1981. It's called Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. It's a slasher movie that's, um, it doesn't really have a lot of gore because it was on TV, but it's actually got a lot of atmosphere. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about this like small town in the south of, um, of the U.S., but don't tell anyone. It's Canada because they always pretend that they're American because they're trying to sell on the American market. Right. Um, but... It's about this group of hicks who um, mistakenly, well, they blame this handicapped gentleman for the murder of a child, except the child wasn't murdered and the handicapped gentleman didn't do it, but they kill him. Um, and they killed the child or they killed the... They killed the handicapped guy. Okay. Um, while he's hiding out in a field dressed as a scarecrow, like trying to like blend in. Are their names Malachi and... No. <laughs> but then... Like some amount of time later, I'm not, I don't remember how long. Um, they all like each of them in turn like sees it, that scarecrow just like out in the distance, like ghost cat. Uh, yeah, okay. Sorry, keep going. Sure. Um, but like they see visions of the scarecrow like in a field, and then they all like die mysteriously. It's pretty cool. Great. It's fun. Awesome. And oh Canada. Oh a, a Canada. A Canada. Um. Anyway, uh, on to the clue section. Uh, next week, um, we'll be watching another Canadian film. We're doing Black Christmas. Yay! Which, along with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, pretty much like the prototypes for the slasher genre. And they actually came out within a week of each other. Yay. Um, that one's going to be a lot of fun. It's, we're actually airing that one on Christmas because it's a Friday. Um, if you guys hate spending time with your families, you can listen to us talk about a Canadian slasher movie. Yeah, it's our gift to you. Don't say we never give you anything. Yeah. And for the two weeks from now, here is the clue. We'll be returning to Canada for the third time in a row to celebrate New Year's Eve with one of our favorite final girls. It'll be magical. And so that's the clue. Love Canada. Canada's the best. Ghost Cat's not the best. If you have a guess to that clue, if you have any questions or comments or champion dialogues for Black Christmas that you want to share on the podcast, you can contact us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast, via email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, and give us five stars. Five stars. Um, just pretend you watched Ghost Cat five times. Yes. And... I, no, just give us five stars to thank us for watching Ghost Cat for you so you don't have to do it. Exactly. Do you have any any final closing comments, Shannon? I'm very happy that I'm finished with finals, and congratulations to all those out there who have also just finished finals. Solidarity. All right, and we'll be playing you out with Jingle Bells to get you in the Christmas mood. Bah humbug. Bye. Bye.